Get your Bibles out. You can do better than that. Get your Bibles out. That sounds better. We should be excited about going to the Word of God. Go to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Now, I'm starting a new message this morning. Um, you know, it's funny. This past week, I was out in West Texas on a ranch with no cell service, no radio, no television. Was out there for four days. And, man, the world seemed pretty well, pretty good. Everything worked, you know, Ranger didn't break down, had a flat tire, but fixed it, you know, but I mean, just life's good. Get up in the morning, had food, ate a steak, bless God, and then you come home, you know, my phone starts, sound like it's going to blow up, you know, messages, this and that, and everything's going on in the world, everything that's going on crazy, wrong, you know, all this, and then you're just like, oh, man, you know, could I li just live out there? Right? And we want to do that. But my message today, um, well, uh, I pray, you, I know you're going to love me at the end of it because it's a good message. But I kind of, I kind of got to bring some stuff. I'm not even going to tell you what the title is because if I do, y'all will get it all wrong and um, be thinking in things in your mind before I get there. But i got to lay some groundwork here before I kind of get into the message because I want you all to, to grab hold of a concept, you know. So Proverbs 14, 12 is where I'm going to start. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the, its end is the way of death. That scripture, the very first time I read it, impacted me because I realized that what, what it's saying is you could be living your life saying, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. And get to heaven and found out you did the wrong thing. So that throws the fear of God in me to keep me before the throne and to keep me before, you know, in my prayer life and, 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 and trying to seek the Lord and say, Lord, am I right? Am I, you know, is this the right path? Am I, am I going the right way? You know, and, and to be uh, walking carefully to make sure that my feet stay on the rock. Can I have an amen? It's the only way you can do it. You can get so caught up and not wanting to make a mistake, you don't move. But we know that you can't do that because Jesus said that he told the parable of giving the people the talents. He gave one ten talents, one five talents, and one one. Y'all remember the story? And then the, the guy that got ten said, here, I, I doubled your money. And the guy that had five doubled his money. And the guy that only had one, he said, here, I got your coin. I gave, gave, here's your money back. And the Lord said, man, yeah, that was not right. That was, that was wicked that what you did. So you can't just not do anything. You can't squander your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, so, you know, you know I love the Bible. You know I study the Bible. For 38 years or 40, almost 40 years, I've just read the Bible, read the Bible, looked, read, looked, read, studied, Listen to people, that guy's not right, this guy's not right, this is good. This, I mean, it's all I have done because my heart's desire is I want to know God, okay? I'm not saying I'm perfect. I mean, Lord, you can look at me and tell me that, 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 you know, uh, that I'm not perfect. I, I don't do everything right. But I just want to know Jesus, and I want to know what's going on. And at this time of life we're in right now, I mean, I'm just like on the edge of my seat. I'm like watching the... the uh, I don't know, the greatest thriller movie you've ever seen. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat saying, oh, what's going to happen next? That's how I feel right now. 
I'm not scared. Listen to me. I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to, at, at all. If you are scared, well, then we're going to pray with you at the end of service, and you're not going to have to be scared anymore. I'm not scared of what's coming because I know Jesus. Listen to me. I'm only scared of not getting in the middle of what's coming. I don't want to sit here and just be a spectator. I want to be a participator. I want us to do as a church everything Jesus wants us to do. And, man, I just want to, and I just want to get in the middle of it. But then I don't want to get in the middle of it on my own thinking. Because then I might fulfill Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seemed right to a man, but it's in the way of death. So I preached a message last week, and a lot of people commented on it about having the wrong glasses on. You know, you can have a pair of glasses on that you, you they're, they're not rose-colored glasses. You're looking at everything in the wrong, the wrong way, but you think you're right. But you got the wrong glasses on, all right? That was a good message. You can go back and listen to it. I don't want to have to go back over it. But you always have to look at your, your, what's going on in your life and what's going on around you, and you have to look, ask, ask yourself the, this question. How's it working for you? If your marriage isn't working, if your wife's mad at you all the time, you cannot sit there and say, Lord, this woman you gave me. I've told this story before, but it bears telling again. It's a long, long time ago. Back when I used to counsel marriages and I just knew I had the answer for everything. I knew I could fix a marriage like that. I just knew it. Just come into my office. Boom. I'll get you all this in love. Fixed everything. Prayed up over. Go home. Happy smiling. Never have a problem again. Took me a while to figure out. I didn't know what I was talking about. I was an idiot, and there was no way that was going to work. And so I, 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 there was this couple that came, didn't go to church here, and, and they wanted to talk with me. And I said, okay. So we, I was in there. I felt, felt totally complete that I was going to solve all their world problems there that moment. And so they sat down, and they began to visit with me. And, and, and before long, I saw that I was getting really two different sides, just two drastic sides of the story. So I said, stop here for a minute. I said, y'all just explain. Stop. Now, this is what I want you to do. I told the husband, I said, don't say a word. You be quiet. I said, you're going to talk. I want you to tell me, how did your day go? Explain to me. I want you to hear, word, give me word by word how your day went, what happened, what took place. I said, well, I, you know, um, I'll just start with yesterday afternoon. You know, my husband came home. He, he, he was tired. He worked all day, sat down on the couch. I pulled his boots off, rubbed his feet for a little bit. Went, made him some sweet tea, gave him some sweet tea. Then I got supper started, made supper, and got it all going. And then uh, he came to the table. We ate. I went and took a shower, got ready for bed. He came to bed. Uh-huh. And then got up the next morning. So I said, oh, okay. And so I looked at the husband, and I said, okay, now I tell the wife, you don't say anything, and you say something. So the husband said, okay, well, I don't know what she's talking about. I came in from work last night. She told me to take my stupid boots off of the door. They were muddy, going to dirty up the house. I said, you got any tea? She says, you want some? Make it yourself. He says, is there any supper? And she said, if you want some, make it yourself. She went in there, took a shower, went to bed, and went to sleep. So I was shocked. I said, well, this is two drastic opposite stories here. I said, so all I can con conclude is one of you is lying. So which one are you lying? Wife said, that's what happened. Husband looked at me, that's what happened. I said, y'all going to sit right here. Somebody's lying to the man of God. I said, in the Old Testament, somebody like here would die right now. Leprosy, come on you. No, I'm telling the truth. So I got mad. And I said, well, I'll tell you what to do. I'm going to go lay down on the couch over there. And we're not having any more conversation until one of you is going to fess up to lying. 
So I went and laid down on the couch. Well, while I laying down on the couch, I got sleepy. And I fell asleep. I woke up. About 20 minutes has gone by. Looked at my watch. I said, good gosh, I've been asleep. I hope they didn't notice I was asleep over here. Looked over there. They're both sitting there. I said, y'all got story straight? Who's lying? I'm not lying. He, no, I'm not lying. And I said, well, then both of you are crazy. You're just crazy. I said, y'all might as well leave. I got nothing to say. I prayed for them, prayed over them, that their eyes would open up and that they might see that somebody's totally and completely deceived here. Folks, there's people in the world today that are totally and completely deceived. They are living a life, and they're walking in a life, and they absolutely think they're right. But the end is going to be the way of death, eternal separation from God. And you look at it, and your mouth falls open, and you're like, what? I can't believe this. I saw a video of a, of a man in Brooklyn, New York. Got mad at an uh, individual for wanting to take down the sign that was saying about the, the hostages that had been taken in Israel and they were going to take the sign down. He told him he couldn't take the sign down. Words went there. He said, you're not taking the sign down. And he pushed him and the cops arrested the man, not the guy taking the sign down, the other one for pushing the guy, telling him he can't do it. He got arrested. I said, something's wrong. The United Nations just put the chair for the human rights division of the United Nations to be Iran. And I'm like, what? Nobody got more human rights violations than they do. And you're going to put them to chair it? They're going to say what's a human right violation? But the Bible says in the end times that people will call bad good and good bad. Okay? So I'm sitting on the edge of my seat and I'm watching this saying, you know, Lord, these are biblical events that are coming to pass. And the difference between uh, our past, like say your grandparents or great-grandparents going through World War II or something of this nature, they didn't get news instantly. Today there's somebody standing there with an iPhone or a phone taking a video of what's going on and it's instantly coming to your phone and you're seeing what's taking place around the world in just moments. So do you know what the most persecuted religion is in the world right now Christianity you may know this didn't get any headlines there was 100,000 Christians taken and forced out of their homes and their businesses over this the war that took place between Armenia and Azerbaijan, or however you say that there was a hundred thousand Christians displaced because they were a Christian did you hear anything on that did that make the news does anybody want to, did that, did that, did anybody on The View talk about that? So, you know, I've been accused in life of being long-winded, which probably has some merit to it. And then, but I've also been accused of being political, and I'm too political, and I need to just preach Christianity. But in this day and time, I do not see how I can stand up here and, 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 and preach to y'all without saying to you, look what's going on in the world and the world events. I don't see how I can just come up here and, Give you a nice little patty cake, handy cake, little, little fluffy message. You know, go and be good. Oh, brothers, love one another. Let's go home and eat. I can't do that. Okay? 
And so I don't want to offend people. I'm not trying to put, because I've told you all this before, this is not about Democrats and Republicans, progressive, conservative. This is about good and evil. This is about God and the devil, and that's all it is. And you see hate rising in the world. And you say, well, I wonder if that's God or not. No, that's hate rising in the world. Just look at it. God is not of hate. And now it's getting more and more and more violent. And we Americans have been sitting here, you know, basically in luxury and comfort, untouched and unscathed by the rest of the things in the world. But now it's in our backyard. Did y'all see the pictures of the White House? Covered, the gates covered with Palestinian flags. And they're chanting, do you want our vote? So now we're sitting in a time to see what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Proverbs 18.1 says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. But he who rages against all wise, and, and he will rage against all wise judgment. It's so easy to isolate yourself and just don't pay attention to it. To just live your life, work in your vegetable garden, you know, feed your sheep, do whatever. Like I said, just being out there away from everything, it's so nice. But the truth of the matter is, we are in the middle of it. And we cannot isolate ourselves. We cannot just draw ourselves back into our little community and say, well, it's going to be bad for the other places, but I don't think it'll be so bad here. That's not what we can do. Our job is to be Christians in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Now, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there's no counsel, the people fail. But in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. So, you know, you got to start listening to the right people because you want a bunch of counselors around you who are right. You don't want people who are going to lead you wrong. Right? You want mentors around you and people that you can gather and glean information from that are all on the right path. You don't want to go down the wrong path. You surround yourself and you listen for wisdom. Okay? And I'm looking for wisdom. But when I look around, I'll be honest with you, I don't see a whole lot. So let me just, I mean, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out in a blaze. So, so we won't, we're Christians. Everybody say I'm a Christian. You're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The power of the living God rests and resides on the inside of you. Yet churches are sitting around arguing about should uh, gays be pastors? And I'm saying, look, you're about to get your throat cut by this world of people out there that hate you, and y'all are standing around debating this? One of the dumbest things I've seen was a sign that said, gays for Palestine. And I thought to myself, do you know what they do to gays in Muslim countries? They throw them off buildings. And you're going to be for them? Are you so ignorant that you can't even look and study history? You don't even have to study past history, just like a few months ago history. And, and, and they can't see it. See, they're blinded. They're so blinded, the devil does not care who he takes to hell. They're blinded. They got the blinders on. The Bible says that the devil blinds their minds. I don't know about y'all, but I do not want to be blinded. I don't want to be blinded in anger. I don't want to be blinded in, 
in, in, in, in, in hatred. I don't want to get caught up in any of that stuff. I don't want to bicker and quarrel. I want to do what Jesus called us to do, and I want to be a Christian in this hour because, folks, I'm telling you, man, it is exciting what's going on because things are happening and fulfilling biblical prophecies, and I'm telling you, we're in the end times like never before. What happens to people is they get all messed up because they want their own desires. I'll tell you what my desire is, to check out, to go out there to the, to, to the ranch in West Texas and just don't worry about it. I'm sorry. It's the truth. That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to just check out, go out there and do nothing. Let everybody else worry about it. But then I don't want to miss the game. You know, it's like, come on, coach, put me in. I don't want to miss the game because we're at this time, folks. I'm telling you, we all have to wake up and look. This is not just a, 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 some kind of little war going on over there. It's not just some kind of terrorist did something. and just, uh, No, 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 folks. Have you seen the protests in Paris and in London? Have you seen the protests going on in, in, in Washington, D.C., in Detroit, in Chicago? We're talking of hundreds of thousands of Muslims that are angry and that they're on the streets and that they are going door to door and putting swats, um, not swastikas, the stars of David on Jewish homes just to identify the Jews. The same thing that took place in 1939, right before Hitler started pushing all the Jews into the ghettos. Because the devil always does the same thing again. And it's demonic forces taking place. It's not just, yeah, the people are stupid. And they're letting the devil work through them. But they're just, demo- it's just the demonic forces full- moving again on the earth and we're going to see the same things happening again except this time we're not reading it in history books this time we're going to live it and we better be ready we better open up our eyes and we better be ready James 1 13 James 1 13 through 15 it says let no one say that when he is tempted I am tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, become, brings forth death. So a person's not getting off track or not getting the wrong glasses on. Because of something God's doing, but what it's happening is what's inside of their own hearts and their own desires. They're putting them on because that's what they want. Hello, y'all out there. Have I freaked you out too much? Should I preach the patty cake message? I don't want to play patty cake anymore. Okay. So it says it produces sin. Now the word for sin there is hermathia. And... uh, it literally means to be without a share in. In other words, you showed up too late and you didn't get, you didn't get to play. To miss the mark. To err or be mistaken. To miss or wander from the path of unrighteousness and honor. To do or to go wrong. To wander from the law of God or violate God's laws. That's what it says sin is. Sin is to miss the mark. Sin is to not be on boat with God. Sin is God saying, do it this way, but your own desire took you over here and you did it your way. That's the worst song that's ever been sung. I did it my way. Well, you did, but may have gone to hell. You got to do it his way. 
Are you all with me? And so the devil's working continually. He's wanting you to, to, to either get busy with the cares of the world so that you don't care about what's going on, you don't see what's coming, to get busy with, you know, your own selfish desires of things that, you know, that, that, that made you angry or, or this is a real something and you get caught up with all of that, you know, in your own lust and your own whatever. He's, he's trying to get you distracted, folks. Mark 4, 18 and 19 says, It's the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of the thing that come in and they enter in and they choke out the word. And our job as Christians are to be able to not get sidetracked with these distractions. And each one of us have different distractions. There's some distractions that you may have. I'm not distracted by it. Right? Because I don't think in those lines or whatever. But distractions, whatever they be. That's what I was talking about last week. About the wind, the wind blowing. There's distractions of things going on. you got to ask yourself the question right now, are you being distracted? I, I saw this and, and I, I, I thought, I don't know. Sounds like what I preach, but I don't know where the guy was coming from. It was some self-help deal. And he said, if you'd stand in front of a mirror every day and look at yourself and say 10 times, I love you, I love you, I love you, that your whole life would begin to change. And I'm like, well, I agree with the positive reinforcement of yourself. But I'm telling you, is the distraction on you something that's within you that's keeping you from serving Jesus? Now, I, I have always said, and I know... Some of you think this is humorous, but I'm really dead serious about it. I've always, dis I've determined a long time ago, I do not have a weight problem. I have a height problem. Because if I was taller, everything would slim on up, okay? And I've tried praying about my height, and, it, and I hadn't got any taller. And so, but it doesn't do me any good to go look in the mirror and say, I wish you were taller, I wish you were taller. That's a distraction. I mean, I'm making fun of this, but I'm just telling you, it's a distraction. There's some people so consumed with the way they look and they're, 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 that they can't go out because, oh, my gosh, somebody see me like this. All right? But your distraction may be something else. Maybe some other vulnerability in your life, some other insecurity in your life, some other something in your life that keeps you from literally going out and functioning in life because you're consumed literally with your own desire. That's a care of the world. When your mind starts getting involved in stuff, you start to get into a mess. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. What? Lean not. Lean not. Lean not to your own understanding. Why? Because the moment you begin to try to figure it out and reason it out, you're going you're gonna to get messed up. When I was talking about Peter stepping out of the boat last week, you're not going to walk on water if you reason. I know I've been on water. You can't walk on water. It's just going to get my feet wet. I'm going to sink. I'm, it's not going to happen. Look at the wind. You're never going to walk on water. Are you with me? All right, I'm preaching really good here. Our job in life has got to be directed by the Lord and doing and following what he wants us to do. Okay? And not our own desires, because the devil's just trying to get you off that path. And I want to tell you what your desire is. I mean, what your, what your path is, what, your, what the Lord wants you to do. Every one of you. I already know it. I can go right through here right now, and I can look at each one of you. I, I can give you the same prophecy. You're supposed to tell people your testimony. That's as simple as I can put it. You're supposed to tell people around you about Jesus. 
in however you're, you, can, you have the opportunity to do that. That's every one of your jobs in life. And as Christians, it's not for us to argue about, well, I wish they'd play more hymns than contemporary songs, or I wish we'd have dinner on the grounds every week, or I wish we'd have communion every week, or I wish I had real wine when we served communion, because I like that. That's not what we're to be discussing and arguing about. We're supposed to be figuring out how to win souls. That's the most important thing you can do right now is win souls. You just impress people, talk to people about Jesus. Okay, so now I, I, I want to tell on myself. I didn't want to, but I'm going to. Because I think I learn by experience. That's the way I learn. I can read. I've never been able to read the instructions and put it together. Some of y'all are probably graced and blessed like that. I can read the instructions. They never make any sense to me. I can't figure it out. And so I learn by experience. And so I like sharing my experiences with you and what Jesus shows me in them. Because then I, I, I pray that y'all don't say, oh, that's just a stupid story. Why do you waste the time telling that? I pray that you learn from my bad experience so you can say, oh, don't do that because I remember Pastor Robert did that and it didn't work out. Okay? And so I don't want to tell my story because I don't want to offend anybody. But, I mean, all of y'all pretty much know who I am anyway. And so, you know, if you, um, if you give constant donations to PETA, you're probably not going to like my story here. But I have a friend, a good friend, who, who introduced me and got me into long-distance shooting. And I grew up. My, my, my father, his hobby was he was a gunsmith. He built custom rifles. And so I grew up as a young boy in a gun shop, sanding wood stocks, helping develop loads, doing all this kind of stuff. And so it was just something that was real natural to me. And, and I've loved the shooting world all my life. But I'd never really gone to this level. I mean, we're talking really high level. And so they began to teach me and I began to learn and all the things that I thought I knew that I didn't know and all this different things. And so anyway... Um, he, this person, this friend of mine, you know, he's, he's mentored me. He's told me these things. He's telling me, this is what you got to do. And this is what you got to do. And sometimes I argue, were you sure? He's like, dude, I've been doing this for years. I know what I'm talking about. Okay. So there's a thing called, and I'm going to tell you what it is first, and then I'll give you the acronym, but it's called data on previous engagements, data on previous engagements. It's also known as dope. I am not talking of drugs. I'm talking of data on previous engagements. It's a dope chart. It's what it's called in the shooting world. And it's a piece of paper you could have. It's on your phone. It's in your, in your range finder, whatever. And it tells you when you properly apply the ballistics of your bullet into the range finder or the computer program the app on your phone then it gives you the ballistic data for where that bullet's going to be at what distance okay this is the definition it says it's a collection of ballistic data that is useful when shooting targets at various distances in tactical and prs style matches this information proves to be invaluable it proves a quick reference chart in which to dial in elevation and windage, okay? It's called dope, not drugs, dope, okay? It's this data that's been collected, right? And it's, so it's really cool. 
I mean, I grew up as a kid. You looked out there. You said, how far is that deer? You said, eh, I don't know, probably 250 yards. Well, then you just threw up and you said, well, just don't get off hair. And you just pulled up and shot. Well, nowadays, you put the binoculars up. You find the animal. You punch the rangefinder. It tells you. And then it comes up with the data. And it tells you where you need to set your scope. And you reach up on top of your scope. And you turn the turret on the top of your scope to the setting. And then you should be on. Okay. I'm, you say, why are you telling us this on a Sunday morning? Because the title of this message is Trust Your Dope. Are you kind of getting where I'm going on this message? So I was out there and hunting on the ranch, and I decided I was going to try to call up a coyote. And so you got to understand, like, I don't like to get too, uh, I don't like to put up too much effort to do anything. All right, so like I'm not getting all camoed up and all this kind of stuff. We literally just drove up on top of a ridge. I got the squawker out, set it up, didn't even know if I could call up a coyote, put it on there, squawk, 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 in. nothing happened, nothing went on. And then I changed calls, changed sounds, and boom, man, it hit. Big old coyote dog comes out there, way out there. Now, you got to understand something. I hate predators. In the animal world, I hate predators. I would love to have a trophy room. I don't want big bucks and stuff like that. I want a trophy room full of predators. I hate predators. If I could get to go over to Africa and be one of the, the guides that shot and killed a, a, a hyena that was coming in and eating kids or something like that, man, whoo, that, that'd be a bigger, bigger one than the biggest, bigger trophy than the biggest animal in the world. But anyway, so I called him in. And he sat out there, and I threw the, my binoculars up 505 yards. Sat down on his haunches and just barked at me. Well, of course, he's not going to come in because literally we're standing up there. He can see us. And so no matter what I'm going to do, I know he's not going to get closer. So then I, I ranged again because I thought he was farther than that. And I ranged again, and that time I came up with 489. And then I ranged again, and that time I came up with 498. And so... I knew I was hitting something and not getting a true, true read. And so I plugged it in right quick and I turned my scope. But then, man, at that moment, in my, in my ballistic charts, my dope chart, between 490 and 505 was a tenth of a mil difference. And so it was either going to be 2.3 or 2.4. So I'm thinking in my mind... Oh, well, what if I didn't range him? What if he's a little bit farther? You know, I don't want to undershoot him, you know. And I, oh, so, so then I had to try to get a rest. you got to understand something about shooting. If you've never shot anything out there a long distance like that, you just don't throw up like John Wayne and sling it around and fire a shot. I mean, there's all kinds of things you've got to do, you know. Not only has this ballistic chart got my velocity of my bullets, got the ballistic coefficient of this bullet, how, how easy it's going to travel through the, the, the air. I got to think of the windage. I got to think of the trigger pull. I got to think of my breathing. I got to think of hurry up because he's going to run. I'm just trying to make the story better because you already know the end of the story. And so, you know, um, all this pressure is on me. And then at last, I start to think in my mind, well, I better hurry. i got to hurry up and make a shot because he's going to run. So now I'm pressuring myself. He's going to move. All right? And so I pull the trigger. And right before I pull the trigger, my mind says, if he's farther than you think he is, you're going to undershoot. So aim high. I did not trust my dope. 
I did not trust my range. I did not trust anything that is smarter than I am. I trusted my head for that second. And I pulled up and put it right there and pulled the trigger. And I'm telling you, if he would have turned his ear, I'd have given him the greatest ear piercing you've ever seen. I missed by less than an inch. High. Had I listened to the data? Had I done what everything was telling me? Had I not listened to the voice of reason in my head? I would have been up here puffed up this morning telling you of the great shot I made and bragging. But I can tell you the only goodness I'm going to get out of this message is I pray it has some eternal benefit and somebody catches hold of something this morning because I miss the coyote. I miss it because I reasoned it in my head. And folks, we're living in a day right now you cannot stop and reason things in your head. You have got to know that the Word of God is true and anything off of it, Throw it out. You got to go to your dope chart right here. You got to go to the dope chart right here. Just look at it. It says 2-4. Just put it on 2-4 and shoot. Don't think any different. Well, what if he's farther? Put it on 2-4. When you start messing around and you start trying to figure it out, listen to me, I do not understand. Someone asked me the other day, well, what about the Palestinians? I don't know. I, I don't know. Then go, I don't know. That's not my worry. My worry is about looking at the ballistic chart and doing it. So I'm asking you this morning, where are you getting your dope? And I'm not talking about drugs. Anybody just tuned in? Your data. Where are you getting it? You cannot go to any other ballistic chart than your word. And if you don't understand it, that's why you have a multitude of counselors around you so you can call somebody up and say, I was reading this. What is this talking about? What does this mean? Because you need a multitude of counselors. So I want to give you one more story. Yeah, I will just give you one more story here. This is, see, I haven't got to the points yet. So I'm going to give you point one, and then we're going to have communion. So go to Mark chapter 2, verse 1. The very first point you have to have in your ballistic chart, in your dope chart, is you have got to be have what I'm going to call determined faith. Determined faith. Not faith that'll waver. Folks, we're getting into some times. Listen to me. We're getting into some times here. I'm telling you, you do not understand the full effect of everything that's going on. Do you understand that to put things in perspective, that what took place on October the 7th when Hamas came across, tore down the wall, came into and started killing people. Do you know that if, just put this into perspective for us, living here in South Texas, if if terrorists would have come across the Mexican border and killed every person, man, woman, and child in Eagle Pass, then moved up and went into Uvalde and killed every man, woman, and child in Uvalde, that still isn't quite the total perspective of how many people were killed versus how many people live in Israel, you know, to how many people were killed. Can you imagine waking up one morning and everybody in Eagle Pass and everybody in, in Uvalde has been brutally killed and there's no one left alive in the town? That's what happened to Israel. You think your world would change? And if you have wishy-washy faith, James 1 says if your faith is like the waves of the sea tossed to and fro, well, then you know, you're not going to make it. You're not going to get anything from God. 
If you don't have determined faith, folks, right now in the midst of everything, and sit up and say, look, God's in control. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm a child of God, born again, washed in the blood. You kill me, I'm going to heaven, but I'm telling you what, I'm putting up a fight. In Mark chapter 2, verse 1 is a story. And, and to be fair, the, the, the greatest person I ever heard preach this message of Mark chapter 2 is Brother Ivan Tate. He preached this message in this church 25, 30 years ago, tear off the roof and throw me on Jesus. And it was one of the greatest messages, changed my life when I heard it, but I, I, I just want to do a little bit of justice to it. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And again he entered Capernaum, and in some days and there was, it was heard that it, he was in the house, and immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them, and they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, so that when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, the story, just think of this. Put yourself in that place that you're in the middle of a meeting, Jesus is preaching, and the next thing you know, some yahoos are up on top of the roof, and they're tearing the roof off of your house. This is not like they just moved a few sticks. No, they were tearing the roof off. And so they're tearing the roof off, and then all of a sudden coming down from the roof is this guy on a stretcher, and I have to assume that it was four people on four ropes. I mean, I don't really know how they got him down there, but... He comes dangling down from the roof because there's so many people in there. You'd have thought somebody could have just got out of the way. And here he comes, and Jesus is watching this thing taking place. Jesus is watching it taking place. And it says when he saw their faith, he saw their faith. He saw their determined faith. He saw their determined faith to get their friend into his presence. So I'm questioning you. I'm asking you. That's what I'm doing. I'm asking you. I'm not questioning you. I'm asking you. How determined is your faith? How sold out are you? Because I'm thinking we're going to get to this place here pretty quick that it's only going to be, you're only going to be able to live and operate by your faith. I learned my lesson because as soon as I pulled that shot and I missed, I heard my friend's words to me, Robert, always trust your dope. He told me that. Like all the way through, he said, just trust it. It's going to be right. It's going to be closer than you guessing. Always trust your dope. That's what I was mentored and told. And so I didn't, and I heard his words. Okay? I heard those words pop in my head. All right? And then I heard the sweet, still, small voice of the Lord inside of me saying, did you get this lesson? I was like, yeah, I got it. I got it. It won't happen again. You follow what I'm saying? But I had to learn a lesson. And that's what the Lord was reminding me. Did you learn the lesson? So now, and, 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 and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm putting a spiritual matter with a natural matter. Now, when I pull up my dope and look at it, I am going to have determined faith it's right. You follow me? If you're at the place in life, you pull up your dope chart here in your Bible, but you come, oh, I just don't really know if that's what the Lord means. You're in trouble. I don't know if the Lord really loves me. Maybe he just tolerates me. Is he really going to answer my prayer? Or is that just written in here? Is he really going to be my provider? Or is that only for special people, people in the ministry? He might do that for Pastor Robert, but he's, I don't know if he'd do that for me. 
See, do you have determined faith or where is your faith wishy-washy or whatever? Only you know in Jesus. And we have to be people of determined faith. We have to be people willing to tear off the roof to get somebody and throw them on Jesus. Amen? So put your Bibles up. I'm going to quit. Everybody say, I'm going to trust the dope. Some of y'all are like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope I don't get in trouble on this one. But I fully will explain it. You just have to listen to the whole message of what I'm talking about. Amen? Amen. So we're going to have communion here. For those of you out watching, uh, if you've got your communion prepared, get it out, get it ready. Uh, can I have my, my, my ushers, my uh, pastoral team, whoever's going to help me this morning, serve y'all come down, please. Now, I think it's already been said, but here at Living Waters, we have an open communion service. You're more than welcome to have communion with us. The only reason, uh, the only prerequisite to having communion with us is you need to be a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're a believer in Jesus, then you need to come have communion with us. If you're not, you need to come to the front and pray with a person up here in our prayer team, and then have communion. Amen? If you're out there watching, you just came across this message, you never heard, seen, don't know what's going on, and you just tuned in, listen to me. I just want you to know, Jesus loves you. He died for on the cross for you. He paid the price for your sin. That's why we can have communion up here today with the Lord for what Jesus did. And all you have to do to get right with God is to call on His name, Call out and say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you're the Son of God. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. And he will right there. He will touch you, and he will bless you, and he will heal you. If you're in here today, like I said, we've got our prayer team people up here. Come to the front. Get one of them to pray with you. Give your life to Christ. Make sure you know for sure that if you died, you're going to go to heaven. And then have communion with us. It's a glorious thing. Amen? So... Y'all begin to get your hearts prepared as we get ready to uh, take communion all here together. So the Bible says on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, now take and eat for this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So this little piece of bread right here, your determined faith says it's the body of Christ that was broken for you. Your, your determined faith this morning says that what Jesus died for on the cross belongs to you. And so, Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for your broken body so that we could be whole in Jesus' name. So take and eat. Then afterwards, he took the cup and he said, this cup, it's a new covenant. It's poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink it in remembrance of me. So, Lord, we thank you for what this cup represents, the blood of Jesus poured out for our life to redeem us, to purge us of our sins as you sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord, to bring us into a new covenant, a new relationship with you. And, Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, church, come on and receive from the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Well, stand to your feet if you would, church. Trust your dough. You're in the store and you feel that little 
something on the inside you need to tell somebody, God bless you, well then say it. Somebody you need to pray for, something you need to do, do it. These are the times when God's going to start moving greater than you can ever imagine. Might start a revival right in the middle of Walmart. You never know. So, Father, I just pray, bless us. As we go from here today, Lord God, and go out into this world, let us be lights, Christians that shine bright from the hill of the Lord, that people will see and come to know you, Lord to take off the blinders from their eyes and that they can behold how great and awesome you are, Jesus. So, Lord, bless them. The distractions of this world, Lord, I thank you break those strongholds within their lives that, Lord, we all can see you, Jesus, and trust in you. So bless them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.